You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome, Sid Talk, to the show. Thank you. I'm just giving you a good introduction this week. Did you not in the past? No, not quite as enthusiastic as that. Okay. You like it? I'll take it. Welcome <laughs> to Sid Talk. Me, though, you know, I don't like being the center of attention, so you don't need to make such a fuss. Oh, all right. <laughs> so many people, including my three older siblings, would disagree with that statement. All right, tell us you before the after the show discussion. Um, just talking about random things. We were talking about this movie and this universe of the Cloverfield situation. And spoilers. Um, spoilers what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they didn't click on this knowing what movie we were gonna talk about? I've spoiled it. I've spoiled it. That was really it. We didn't have a big um did we? No, we just talked about that. We were trying to investigate. We read out the entire timeline and we still went on the wiser. Correct. At the end. This is marriage, everyone. If you plan on getting married, this is what it's like. It's not that exciting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I enjoyed our little discussion about it. I didn't say it's not enjoyable. I also was excited by it. <laughs> well, never mind that. <laughs> Half of you will be excited. Anyway, it is Saturday, August the 8th. This is After the Show, your weekly movie review podcast from me, A. Scully, and you. I'm in the middle of a yawn. Yeah. I'm Sid Talk. C-I-D-T-A-L-K. That's your birth given name? It is not. That is my rocket given name. Rocket's a person who gave me that name. Also not his birth given name. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) We're all about, and he he had a fake name long before the internet was ever invented. He was Rocket. You could say we're all really ungrateful because we all just name ourselves different things. We should just take what our parents give us and keep it. I would think, unfortunately, but between you and I, there's a lot of our regular names out there. <laughs> Literally millions. That's true. Upon millions. So we need to make up our own shit. All right. Uh, but so this has nothing to do with the movie. The movie we're looking at this week is The Cloverfield Paradox. This was actually released in 2018. I'm going through my backlog, as I've told you in the past few weeks. And um, I'm glad I'm going through the backlog because we're coming up with some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very good. You know I like science fiction, so I'm in. So this is is available now on Blu-ray. It's also on Netflix because that's where it originally surfaced, if you believe it or not, Sid Talk. So um, you can catch it on Netflix or you can buy the Blu-ray. It's rated... It's not rated R, even though I put it down R. Do you say it originated on Netflix? It was actually made for the cinemas, but then Netflix bought it. Okay. Uh, and it went to Netflix first. Okay. So, so that's what happened with it. It's not rated R. It's rated PG-13, but I would say it's kind of close to being an R-rated movie. If, hmm. it, as I was watching it, it felt R-rated. There's, there's a bit of swearing and there's some really gross imagery. True. Very so, true. So um, I don't know if it's a rated R level, but... No, it's PG-13 anyway, so you can... It's not for the kids. No. 
And it's uh, from our friends at Paramount, who sent us a copy of the Blu-ray. Thank you. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis, and then I'll give you the one off the box. Hmm. As a singular slice of the Cloverfield universe, people are on a space station-type structure floating around the Earth. They have built a... Uh, what's it called? A collider. Yeah, it is a collider, isn't it? It's What's the word before it? Hadron? Hadron. Hadron collider. You know, you're smashing two atoms of whatever together to see what happens. Very Why are they doing highly it? Highly scientific. Because they want to create a never-ending energy source because back on Earth, everything's shitty, run out of energy, wars are pending, and, you know, the world's falling apart, basically. But in the time that the world's falling apart, we've found enough money to send people from many different countries up to this space station with probably trillions of dollars worth of technology to try to find this source. And in the process, this as we all... This a critique. This is a uh, synopsis. <laughs> yeah, but some of these boxes have a long <laughs> explanation. In the process, something catastrophic happens. There you go. All right. And I'll tell you what it says on the box. Producer J.J. Abrams takes you deeper into the Cloverfield universe than ever before, with this mysterious sci-fi thriller. Orbiting Earth on the brink of a devastating energy war, scientists prepare to test a device that could provide unlimited power. Yeah, that's pretty close. Or trap them in a terrifying alternate reality. Oh, spoiler. (laughs) The Cloverfield Paradox is the ultimate journey into the unknown. It is not. But... I know what they're going for there. All right, so Sid Talk, give us your synopsis, not synopsis, (laughs) give us your critique or your thoughts on the Cloverfield Paradox. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy, I mean, I'm big into science fiction, not fantasy science fiction so much, and people who know what that is know the difference, but it's all kind of fantasy, but science fiction, going to outer space, you know, the possibilities of quantum physics as written into fiction. I'm a big Star Trek fan. A Star Trek Because it's so much better than that other one. Meh. That's more fantasy. So that's where Star Wars falls into this. Says sci-fi. you drinking sci-fi. out of a Mandalorian mug. I'm not. Well, that's true. <laughs> but. <laughs> okay, so I have a coffee cup that has the Mandalorian on it. But that being said, I really enjoy science fiction that is um not a hundred percent explainable but i want the story to explain it more to me with this universe we'll get into that later i'm sure um but i like that you don't know what the hell is happening or what could happen that is true a lot of science fiction lays it all out there right at the beginning for you and they kind of doing this by saying oh if we do split this did you know that because the way they do they have a guy on a news story who's claiming that this Hydron Collider will cause a paradox, thus the name of the movie, and you know, if you split this thing, it could cause a tear in d- between dimensions and time and space and all that stuff. So he, we lay that out in the beginning. He also mentions demons might come. Correct. That's your little, like, forward, you know, your, what is it called? For Foreshadowing. So you get that ahead of time, but then you don't really know what the hell's going to happen. So I find that really entertaining. I liked every single person in this movie for exactly how they did everything they did. So when we get to the cast part, I've already said what I'm going to say. They're all really good for what it is. Yeah, it's... um, I give it a high score. What I thought about the um, actual... I I really enjoyed this. Like, I'm assuming it was quite 
a lower budget kind of thing. It's even though like it is a grand story and everything. But as we saw in the extras, they've got you know, it's a bit Doctor Who-ish. They've got like one tunnel that they run up and down. And it's like True. Supposed to be ten tunnels. And the CGI is not fantastic, but I accept that from the Cloverfield universe, so yeah. I, I well, can accept that. Well what I really liked about that though is like it's this grand scale thing in space. But um the set design I actually really liked it. Like I kept looking closely, I was like, that's really cool. Like it's it's like I mean, we've seen spaceships in insides of you know, fictitious spaceships in so many different things from alien. Absolutely. And this is more of a one that looks like usable. It's not like really, it's not like oblivion. See, I felt like it was very much kind of almost making fun of space serial television shows. Yeah. And the machine, you know, the you're in this great big room and everyone's facing one direction with all these panels in front of them. It almost looked like a skit you would make. So it looked a little bit cartoony to me, I thought. That would, uh, you mean kind of like the Star Trek episode of black mirror yes and also the movie what was it called quest galaxy Quest. galaxy quest you know where it just looks a little bit hyped up but it was nice looking and the special effects were good there are some good ish like, good ish yeah let's that, not well, overstate it the arm one was good i thought and the pretty good putting his arm in the wall thing was cool yeah that looked really bad don't kid the people yeah but how how is that supposed to look better than that no, I'm, You're I'm supposed saying, to imagine that someone's arm has just gone through a panel that's actually going into another dimension, not like someone had just shoved their hand in a big pillow. The lady with all the wires that have gone through her. That looks was, pretty good. Yeah, see, that was a cool thing about this, um, if we've not mentioned spoilers. There might be some spoilers coming up, but um, how this kind of operates is when they fire the thing and it goes wrong, It there's two different... How would you call it? Like Dimension? I said before, I already said this. No, it might I mean, rip is it dimensions or reality? Dimensions. The two parallel, you know, the multiverse is happening. So over here is this earth and everything that's happening and a version of me and a version of you and a version of the planet and the space station and everything that's happening. And then all of a sudden, something zaps and they crisscross. So the space station from one dimension crashes into the particles of the space station of the other one. So if she's walking down the hallway in one. on hers, and then they something crashes into each other, sort of on that quantum level, and she's just a little bit too far to the right or to the left, all of a sudden she's now trapped with wires going through her. She's in the wall. It's like I said, you transport somebody to the wrong destination and they're going to be half sticking out of a rock. So I like that concept of, you know, two things... Um, and they don't overuse it. You know, they don't keep going for it. Like every, there's only a few instances of things that cross over each other, right? It's not like yeah, they don't yeah yeah. They could have like gone crazy with it, and there's all kinds of things happening every two seconds. But they kind of narrow it down to a few different incidents. All all of them are horrific looking. So, <laughs> yeah. So it you know it does kind of make you wince a few times. There's definitely some gross stuff in that. Um, but it's not like a horror movie as. But then again, parts of it feel like Alien, where you're claustrophobic and you're in the, you know, the the lady in the water chamber, for instance, and the, you know, there's there's a big, you know, they look up and it's huge, like it, it it's cool the um 
the design of the space station. Oh, yeah, like, I think it's really good. And, you know, when you say that CG, I thought the CG looked really good on the space station when they show you an establishing shot of it from the outside. Yeah. You know, I agree with the kind of spacey shots are good. Yeah, uh, they well, they were done by Industrial Light and Magic. They kind of know what they're doing, Star mm-hmm. Wars and, and all that. Mm. Um, but I like the design of the space station. It's like these rotating... Um, I think we've seen it before, probably. Sure. Like they're creating artificial gravity by rotating. I don't know if that's how it works. I don't know <laughs> science, really. I mean, <laughs> Space Odyssey, 2001 has 2001 the rotating had, thing. Yeah, artificial gravity. If you go around... You spin something around the outside, centrifugal force pushes it in. So they're doing that in this space station. So they don't have to all be weightless and shit. Because nobody's weightless, are they, at any point, I don't think. Um, Just for that one split second. When they go. When the shit goes down. Between the two things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah, so it, it's not, like, super expensive. Like, you know, they've kind of cut corners to do all that stuff. But then when you're watching a space thing, you kind of expect that, yep. don't you? You know? Sometimes, yeah. And with the Cloverfield world, I'm on board with whatever they got to do. You know that we episode... We started with Shaky Cam in the first one, which we don't like. I don't like, you don't like. So anything that's an improvement on that, I'm all for. Yeah, we should go back to the other... This is the third in the Cloverfield series. And obviously that first movie, we talked about it between ourselves. It's a Shaky Cam movie, but... And it's really annoyingly Shaky Cam. It's the kind of Shaky Cam where pe- they were warning people at the time that you might get motion sickness from watching it in the cinemas. And we went to see it in the cinema, and I think you couldn't handle it. I could handle it, I just don't like it. You had to kind of look away Yes, a bit, I though. had to divert my eyes every once in a while, just because it... You know, you're actually trying to tell me a story with motion pictures. And when you can't tell me that story because the motion of your pictures is kind of semi-shitty, then you're failing on part of your promise. So That's yeah. true. So... But the in, the overall idea, like, I didn't like the shaky cam either, but the overall idea of the film, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was a big, grand thing. You know, the Statue of Liberty got its head blown off, and there was monsters running around. You know, it was like the kind of rough-and-ready version of a Godzilla movie. Oh, you remember so many details. It's impressive. I do. I can see those scenes in my head. I can see the scene on the Coney Island thing. and the You know, like, you you usually forget within, what, how many... <laughs> That isn't true. I selectively remember. True. But I, we are watching the X-Files at the moment. Uh-huh. And uh, we, <laughs> the, the oldest one was probably... The first one was probably two months ago, if that, right? Yeah. And I asked you about an episode that we'd watched, let's say within three weeks of... With a guy who's not that memorable. So don't pretend like I should just automatically... And you didn't remember some details. Of I it. think I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I'm not a super nerd, so... I think well, I mentioned that. Or maybe I said that in the before the after the show discussion. Super nerd person, yeah. I'm, I don't memorize every person and every story and every plot and every line of everything. So the original Cloverfield, we definitely, we've reviewed it back in the day, but we definitely liked it. But the kind of weird... The concept of not being able to see the foe, I always like. I think that's fascinating. Like, right. you know some crazy shit's going down, but you, you don't ever really see... The thing, or know what's going on. That's why one of my, I'll discuss it when I talk about my recommendations later. Same kind of thing. You, you aren't hitting it head on like in Independence Day, right? Where you're seeing all the Everything. action, you're right in the middle yeah. of it. You're just like the rest of the world would be watching it from a distance. So I like that the Cloverfield 
concept of that. And then we moved on to 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I think is my, that's my favorite of the Cloverfield movies. I think it's really good because it's, mm. it's like, um, again, when you start watching 10 Cloverfield Lane, you don't really know what is, what is the deal is. True. Aside from, it's got the word Cloverfield in the title, so you've kind of got an idea. But then as the movie plays out, you're like, is this really what it is? Like, because... <laughs> This it's doesn't not, seem right. It's not going in that direction that I'm thinking at all. Like, so, you know, and it's this self-contained, like this one is really. I mean, this one's on a spaceship, that one's in a bunker. But I just like the performance of John Goodman, and I really like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's really, I just like that whole setup. And the last 15 minutes of it, really, really, really good. You know, it's very, let's say it's very Spielbergy. the end mm. part, you know? Yeah. So I thought that one was superb. Like I would, I think I might give it like highest rating when we did the podcast. And I think you liked it, maybe not as much as me. I don't know, but um, but I, I like that I'm not a John Goodman fan, but I think I liked him in that. Yeah, well, that's my favorite one. Even after watching this one, I think that one was well executed. It was also directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who was the um, Totally Rad Show guy. Remember the Totally Rad Show? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he uh, went on to be a director, and that was the film he directed. So um, I really enjoyed that one. And this one, I would say, is like, my se- you know, I don't think I'd want to watch that first one again, to be honest. It's a bit too much. Mm, this yeah, one's more palatable than that one. And like you said earlier, we've got like a thing with these movies. One of these movies, which was this one particularly, was actually not, when the script was wrote, it wasn't even meant to be a Cloverfield movie. Now, you don't particularly like that idea, right? No. Because they just manipulated it into the storyline. Correct. Um, this was going to be a standalone movie called God's Particle. I think that was what it was originally scripted as. Which would have been the same story. I guess it just wouldn't have had the connection. They just wrote the connections into it. And th- you know what? The connections are not massive anyway, are they, in this? No, and that's my problem with telling of this entire story where... If you look at it, you zoom out, and the whole of it is, at some point, Earth, our Earth, ends up with gigantic, and we're talking gigantic as in the head of the creature is above where airplanes fly. That is how tall the right. creature is, Right, so Godzilla's, is, right? like, small. Compared. Oh, yeah, Godzilla's nothing. He's like a bug to this yeah. thing, right? So that's how gigantic they are. Something happened... Either they're an invader, or now we wonder, is it cross-dimensional, right? Could be, it's science fiction, so you gotta let your mind go. So that's where we're coming from. And there's, it's like a, a lot of these movies, there's the event day. Like the day before everything was fine, Earth was going along, and then on the event day, bazoom, you've got gigantic creatures destroying the Earth. And com- coming with that is A oh, shit, we're not alone in the universe, right? Which is number one. So now we got to rally all the troops and get all the people and all the governments together and try to kill it or solve it or whatever. And B, there's this, like, possibility that there are multiple dimensions. And holy shit, how does that rip apart everything we believe and think? So that's what we're dealing with here. It's a very simple concept. Gigantic creatures now on the Earth. And now we're overcomplicating it a little bit with, like, the dimensional parts, but I'm willing to go along with it. Yeah. But that's the whole concept here. So I would like the story to be cohesive. It happened on a particular day. It happened from a particular reason. 
right? Either they're invaders or the dimensional. We yeah. did. We caused it. We blew up something and it caused a rip in time and space. And now how do we solve it? How do we live with it? Or how does it just go ahead and destroy the earth? Like those, those are the only real solutions. But we're not getting that cohesiveness. No, it's about the most uncohesive thing I can think of. Yeah, we like episodes of Star Trek TV shows, but every single week it's a completely different crew and they're not part of Starfleet and no one knows what a Romulan or a, you know, Klingon Klingon or anything is. And so you're like, okay, we're out in space. We're in spaceships. This doesn't equal Star Trek. No. So whereas this series is like, it's inconsistent for sure, right? And it's multiple styles. Or the styles are different. Which is cool. I like that part. That's the part I like too. Mm-hmm. I was saying that to you. I like how you don't you don't really know what to expect. I said, well, next one could be a romantic comedy that involves the Cloverfield thing somehow. And you wouldn't it wouldn't feel out of place because nothing else is out of place. I guess the first one's kind of a relationship. Yeah, it was. Movie it was. with this layered on top of it. Yeah. It was single. It was couples, wasn't it? And like they were at a party at the beginning. Remember, and like a, they were cool people. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I've selectively remembered. They were in like some like New York loft apartment. They were all having a party, and that was the night everything went to shit. You know. Oh yeah. And you okay, s- it's all coming yeah. back. And you to see me. the first shot. They go out on the balcony with their camera to film it, and like the the Statue of Liberty head goes rolling down the street. <laughs> You know, it's got cool imagery like the, um, you know, Independence Day or whatever, but it's just smaller scale. But they are very different movies. One's like this, you know, found footage monster movie. One's a, like, the second one is a thriller, like a horror kind of a bit, and a thriller, and a bit of an alien movie as well. And the third one's a straight-up sci-fi space claustrophobic craziness. Yeah, I guess each of them has their own formula, and they're then attaching a formula of a different kind on top of it, which is cool. I like it. I just want one cohesive story, though, would be my request. And we did go, that was what we were talking about earlier. We went to two different sites that claimed to have, hey, here's the Cloverfield timeline explained. Correct. We read the first one, and it was kind of all over the place. We didn't really... And we read the second one, and the second one was completely different to the first one, and the second guy had put his own spin on it that was, who knows if it's the right thing, real. So Yeah, unless it's J.J. Abrams yeah. who invented it, I'm going to say not. And the only like clarity I found on Wikipedia was J.J. Abrams said that the monster in the end of Cloverfield Paradox that you see, the one that pokes his head up through the clouds, is the same monster from the first one. So I take that as truth because he said it, right? Not... Yeah, I can accept speculation that. Like. Sure. <laughs> so they're the only. That's the only thing I could really find out. It's kind of mysterious. This franchise. In fact, they ten Cloverfield Lane. They didn't even advertise it. They put it in theaters, like out of the blue, and people were like, "Oh, what's this?" And then went to see it, and it wasn't like a hyped up or they were just, you know, we'll keep it secret and then we'll just put it out and see what happens. So, um. One thing that's great about the Cloverfield Paradox, I think, is the cast. Don't you? Yeah, I think it's really good. It's like a really... Even though they might not be people you know the names of, they're all, like, really good, like, in their own... See, it's one of those movies, again, where there's a person from each country. Not each country, but... 
they're they're being diverse. I mean, nobody's from the same country, right? It's, each character's... A- There's, like, German, American, Chinese, uh-huh. uh, like, Russian. Like the Meg. Yeah, but it didn't feel forced, because they explain it in this one by saying the countries of the world, because of the energy shortage and everything, have decided to come together to pool their resources to build this space station. So I'm like, okay, I get it. I get that. Yeah, so... Yeah, I also don't think... It felt forced in the Meg, right? Yeah. Uh, this one, it felt, like, proper. And everybody was doing a good job. Like, sometimes in these kind of movies, you think, oh, like, it's going to be cheesy and everybody's going to be hamming it up because it's kind of a cheesy sci-fi movie. But that's not what happens, is it? It's, no, uh, I think it's good. Everybody takes it seriously and commits to it. So I will... Uh, if you can pronounce this first lady's name i'll give you a prize the first lady uh mugu mathara i don't reckon that's right but it sounds good we've seen her before we have she was in the movie and we've reviewed this movie called <laughs> what's it called <laughs> you're asking me to remember what color, you just told me the color one yes fast color fast color is exactly the movie that i'm was talking. it a test are you testing me no i just forgot oh she was what the star you? of Fast Color, yeah. Yes. Um, and she here is she's the main leading lady in this one, right? She's on the screen a lot. She plays the British. Oh, yeah. She's the British uh, constituent. Is that, is oh, that true. The, she is from England, yes. Yeah, and she plays Hamilton. And I really liked her. There's some emotional scenes from her too, where she has to be really upset because, you know. Something has happened, yes. Well, we, we're going into spoiler territory, but the earth disappeared. That's not that upsetting compared to her other thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a I mean, deal, uh, is it? Uh, well, uh, compared loved, to her, okay, other spoiler. Her loved ones on Earth. Yes, have had a hard time. Right. Two of them no longer exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's terrible. It's a terrible story. But again, we're exploring this mother with lost children in space scenario and what's she willing to do to have to learn to cope with that, as we did in... What's the one with Sandra Bullock? Gravity. Yeah, same thing, right? So yeah, that's true. I feel like the woman losing the children, while of her a very tragic story, can't be the tool every time we have a woman in space having to deal with some sort of trauma. No, that's... Um, who else we got? We got David Oyelo, who plays Keel. I kept thinking I'd seen him somewhere before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the guy from Selma. Did you see the movie Selma? I'm not sure. No, I'm not. We, you know what? <laughs> I haven't seen the movie Selma either, but I'm like, he's really familiar, that guy. And now I know where I've seen him. He was in the Os- when we watched the Oscars. He was in the, he was one of the leading like people who was nominated. Okay. So we kept seeing him all the time. That's where we've seen him. That's not. That's definitely where we've seen him. Anyway, um, he plays Keel, and he's the serious. He's the captain of the ship. Captain guy, yeah. Um, this guy Daniel Bruhl, I really like him. He was in a. Uh, you remember him in something else? You told me. The he German was in, guy. Then the uh, zombie Nazi. He was, and he was also in that movie with, um, you know, uh, Sherlock. What's the guy who plays Sherlock? Or Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie where he played Julian Assange. Remember that? Oh, yes. And this guy was in that one, too. I don't remember him in that, of course, but... Yeah, that was uh, very good. I, I, I really like this guy. He's a German guy. He plays Schmidt. Um... There's always a guy like in these sci-fi kind of tropey type things where you're like, do we trust this guy? Don't we trust this guy? Is he up to no good? 
Mm-hmm. He's that guy, right? That That's the... Yeah. You're kind of supposed to be like, hmm, don't trust him. John Ortiz plays Monk. He's the older... Which country was he from? Was he from Brazil? I don't think they said. He's I mean, just... they have flags on their arms. But oh, yeah, of... I didn't notice. I oh, no, did they all? Yeah, everybody had a flag on the right he arm. He was Spanish-speaking, so I don't know. Right. Um, I really liked him, too. Chris O'Dowd's the comedy kind of comedy yeah. guy. Now, Irish. normally, that character bugs me, the comedy guy. In you like shows. this actor, so, you you know, you're kind of biased. I do like Chris O'Dowd. I think he's very funny. He's Irish. And he also had the Irish flag on his arm. Hmm. But um, he everything he says is a joke, right? Seems Pretty like much. it, yeah. Even when he's in the most dire situation, it's a joke. But that's the way that per- that personality um, like manages himself, you know. This is, his arm is missing, <laughs> and he's making a joke about the arm, right? So, did, was it, you know, you hate that character usually, did you? Um, it was a bit off, but then I'm like, we are having a guy with a missing arm, and it doesn't hurt or anything, and then the arm's crawling around on the floor by itself, so I can accept this. Right. <laughs> you know, you have to blend them all together and be like, okay, okay, I get it. This is the world we're living in. We've got um, Axel Henny, who plays Volkov. He goes through a horrible time, right? Yes. Um, again, like some of these people are kind of generic in a way because they have to fit these stereotype sure. roles. But um, I think they all do a good job. Zi Zhang, who I was like, I don't, I've seen her before. She's the lady from Memoirs of a Geisha and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. True. Um, she's very, she's, she seems to be, she always, whenever she's in anything for me, she's like super classy. It's like, oh, there's somebody really classy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I really liked the story that they had with her. And then Elizabeth de Blicky, who's the lady who they find in the wall, Jensen. What did you think of her? She's right. We've seen her in something else. You've seen her in, let me tell you. Widows. Remember the movie Widows? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. You've also seen her in the movie Everest, and you've Mm. also seen her in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But Widows is the one you're going to remember her from. Yeah, that is. Yeah. She was kind of broken and then turned kind of demented. Yes, that's the one. So um, I I actually liked her, but um, sometimes in movies, when they, they telegraph things... And she just looks to me, the way she is styled and presented to you, she kind of looks evil to begin with. She's the only one that's a little bit overacting. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it's like when when it turns out that she's kind of evil. It's I don't not think a, she's evil. I think that's incorrect. I mean, she's, that she's desperate. the bad guy in this movie. She's not, oh. though. She's doing the exact same thing they're doing. She's just it's desperate. It's like The Last of Us 2, though. She's desperate to fix her Earth's problem. Because we're not telling you yet, but she's been zapped over from the other dimension. She's on Earth, but she's ends up... She's a c- crew member on this ship when the other lady isn't. So they've swapped them around, and she just ended up on this ship with us. So she's just desperate to fix her planet's problem, her Earth. So I don't see her as evil. She's just too much of the trope of a bad villain. But um, I I guessed it before it happened because mm, sure. of the way she's acting. She's being a bit, you know, twirly mustache if she had one. A little bit. <laughs> I agree. So um, that's the uh, cast there. This is directed by Mr. Julius Owner. And he hasn't actually directed feature films. He's just directed short stuff. I think it was well directed. It was 
exciting to watch. There was a lot of like intensity to stuff. They didn't really stop for long to, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a bad thing sometimes because it moved up very fast, right? This movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't any, it wasn't alien where you spend like 30 minutes just getting to know people. It's kind of like, it's on from the beginning, isn't it? it? Just like, they fire the thing and then it F's up and it's not good anymore. There's yeah, but it like... doesn't feel forced. Right. But I mean, it's the pacing's fast. If you like that kind of thing, but it's not a character development type of thing. It's more no. like get to get to the point, get to the action. Let's try and solve the issue. But I kind of liked. I liked how it looked. Oh, definitely. It definitely wasn't shaky cam. It was all again a movie that has a lot of dark. But it's easy to see everything. If you did a TV series of this exact thing with this exact everything and just made sixteen episodes right. of this crew on this ship. With this style, I would be on board with it. Like, uh, uh, you'd be on board. I'd be on board. Like, what's the one from Netflix that's so good? Lost in Space. Yeah, which we have a brand new season to watch when we finish the X Files. Ah, how good is that? Nice. So, um, movie recommendations this week. I am going on the off the back of this movie. I'm going for Ten Cloverfield Lane. It's my favorite in the series. I think it stands alone. I don't even think. You need to have watched any of the other... You could just watch that as a thriller, you know? We'd know it. Say you don't even know what Cloverfield is. If you, you watch could, that movie... but I think it enhances it to, as I sat wondering, where does this... Right. What's going to go on here? Are they solving that problem? Are they causing that problem? So I think it does go hand in hand. But it also, as a, as a little thriller that, you know, about a guy in a bunker, it kind of works. True. You know? On on that, you know, again, like if you remove the Cloverfield thing and released it as, you know, 10 Rillington Lane or whatever, maybe not Rillington, <laughs> That's, that makes it macabre. So let's say like 10 Bowsy, 10 Bowsy Lane and you just put it out. That would just be fine. Like, no, you wouldn't even think it was part of this. So maybe yeah, but, that is. But adding that makes it, I think, a little more interesting. Right, yeah, because I, like I said, the last 15 minutes of Tevin Cloverfield Lane are awesome. Like, it gets really, like, whoa, you know? But still on a small scale, they don't go crazy with it, but you're like, oh. It twists your mind around like the one with the Nazi zombies. True, Overlord. Overlord. And also, what's the other one with zombie uh, Nazis? Overlord. (laughs) Dead snow. Are we in a paradox? And dead snow too. <laughs> dead snow. And yeah. dead snow too. John Snow. John Snow. No, that's a whole different thing. And my uh, second recommendation is Fast Color, which I it's like a it's like a kind of different twist on a superhero movie. It's very small. Um, it wouldn't be to most people's tastes, I don't think, because it's agree. Because it's pretty slow and it's like character development mostly, and there is a little bit of superhero kind of thing to it. But um, I liked it because it was very different, you know? I really liked it when we watched it. So, they're mine. Ten Cloverfield Lane and Fast Color. And mine are, when talking about Another Earth, is Another Earth. <laughs> another Earth was great. I love that. It was because, again, you didn't know what the hell was going on. And right. so, just watch it. Don't. I'm not going to say anything else. It's called Another Earth. So, I mean, that's right there in the title. But the way it plays out, it's very... It's just a really well-told little story. It's also super artsy-fartsy. If you yeah, know. it is. It mm. is. A little bit style over substance at times. but And then Extinction, which I don't believe you've watched. 
No. Um, but it has, I forget his name, Pena, I think is his last name. And it's one of those invasion mixed with real life. It's it's pretty good. It's got an unexpected thing and it's not the highest production values. It's one of those I picked up on Netflix. It's not a Netflix movie, but during my month of October watching sci-fi and horror and all that, I watched it. So it's called Extinction. I think there's more than one movie called Extinction. Yeah, so, I've definitely heard that name before. Yeah, this one has, um, I forget his name, his first name, but his last name is Pena. And then I think Battleship is a good... That's... Um, Liam Neeson. Yeah, Rihanna. Yeah. Right. And you can argue that it's just cheesy and bad. I don't care because I think it's an interesting take on the alien slash dimensional rift blah, blah, blah situation. It yeah, has it nothing was, to do with Battleship the game, so... It, I mean, it was... <laughs> it was that it, that but it was, isn't. That was the franchise. It was, it was a Hasbro movie, even. But yeah, it's not... It's not. It's, it's not. No, it's like... Um, it's weird, that, isn't it? How they... Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, we've got the rights to Battleship. How do we make that movie? And then they're like, yeah, just make it nothing to do with that. Just <laughs> There are some Battleships. But it's not really anything to do with battleships. Maybe there was some homage to it in there in some way. Like there's a, the board games on the counter or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty good though. It was by, what's he called? I liked Peter, it. Peter, the director. Wasn't it Peter Berg? Peter Berg, yeah. Um, before he did the Marky Mark movies, which would be Lone Survivor and the yeah. Boston Marathon one. When he was like ultra realistic about yeah. everything, this is not that. No, he he was completely the opposite. It was like just like it was. It's kind of like Transformers or something like that, like crazy, over the top Independence Day, maybe. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I know people hate it, but I kind of liked it too. Hmm. So, um, games and a Scully stuff. I'll tell you a game this week to not buy. Let me tell you about a game, a little bit of game. Right. Well, first off, right. Some of the dumbest movies on earth are the Fast and the Furious movies, right? I'm glad that you're admitting this. Well, I always admit it. Okay. Um, but I enjoy the Fast and the Furious movies, and we watched Hobbs and Shaw not long ago, and I believe we both enjoyed yep, Hobbs and I Shaw. Yeah, I did like it better than Fast and the Furious. Right. But Fast and the Furious, there's something about... They're just stupidly over the top, and you can't believe what you're looking at sometimes. But they're not... There's no good acting, and it's... You know, it's just... It's just a huge, like, you know... What is it? It's like... Titillation. It went, yeah, and it all is super with overboard. Cars. <laughs> like, it started off with the first Fast and the Furious movie as this like racing, like and criminals then, racing. Yeah, and like now, like Fast Nine or whatever, it's like insane. It's like they're jumping from skyscrapers and they're driving tanks, and it, it turned into like Jason Bourne or just crazy, like Mission Impossible. So, and they, they're very, very dumb movies, but I've always been a fan of them. Maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. You're not. I'm I'm a fan of them in this, like, I just like to see what they're going to do next kind of thing. Sure. And then Charlize Theron was in it as the... You know, it was cool. Like, this, this, The Rock was good in it until he left. So they've made a game, a video game. And I've said to you many, many, many times, I wish they'd make a good Fast and the Furious video game. Because the movies are just like a video game anyway, right? Yeah, it seems like the perfect setup for perfect. a game. Yeah. Because you're watching the movie and you're like, well, why isn't this a game? You're driving cars, you're doing cool stunts. So they have made a game now. And a, a proper game, the Fast and the Furious Crossroads, it's a full price game. It's not a mobile game. 
It's on consoles and PC. And it's Universal and Slightly Mad Studios that made the excellent Project Cars. And I just want to warn you, as a fan of Fast and the Furious, who was excited to play it. You were last night. You're like, oh, I'm going to try this. Yeah. And then I played two-thirds of it yesterday. And it is the biggest pile of poop <laughs> I have ever played. It is seriously... T- it's like it's like made... Big pile of poop. Well, is the weird thing is, it's one of those games where it's actually another Fast and the Furious movie, but it's a video game, right? So all the actors are in it. Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, um, Tyrese. They're all in it. They're all... Their voices, not somebody impersonating them. And it's scripted, you know, by the people who do the Fast and the Furious. And it's this mission, you know, it's this story racing game. So you you do a bit of a story and then you race from one place to another or you'll do some stuff. You'll be in a race, you know, like in the movies, like how it's supposed to be. But the gameplay is so bad. It's, it's singular, like it's like drive from point A to point B. There's no open world or... It's just like, drive along this road, you'll be driving along the road, and then baddies will come that you'll have to smash off the road. And every level's kind of the same thing, really. And the acting is bad. The acting's actually worse than it is in the movies. Vin Diesel is like... He's pretty cardboard, isn't he, in movies? Sure. Where he's he's actually gone over... It's his best cardboard performance. (laughs) Because, you know, he crosses his arms and he says, Family. (laughs) Family. A lot. And the bad guys are a family too. Turns out the bad guy, who's played by Peter Stormare, who I love. What the fuck are you doing in this? <laughs> and the the bad guy, played by Peter Stormare, has got a son who kind of looks like him. And the guess what the bad guy's motto is? Family. Oh. Oh. Genius. Yes. <laughs> so the whole thing is just... It's awful. You're spending a lot of time talking about this game you hate. It is, but I like to tell people. You should say it's crappy and that's it. But if you were like me, an idiot... And you're like, like the Fast and the Furious. You're not an idiot. And you're like, I'll buy a game with Fast and the Furious written on it and then waste your money. I'd like to tell people out there not to waste the money on this poop. It is real poop. Okay. It's called Fast and the Furious Crossroads. So if you're at a crossroads <laughs> thinking, should I buy this or not? Take the other way. Go the <laughs> opposite I was going to say go the way that Paul Walker would go, away from it. Oh, don't say that. That's well, rude. Remember at the end of the movie where there was the two roads and they both I understand, split? but yeah. you're saying that because he's I'm dead. Getting. He That's is dead just... also. Also, in this game, they mention Paul Jr. a couple of times. Oh, goodness. Because yeah, there is a little baby Paul, isn't yeah. there, somewhere in the franchise. They don't show you him, but they do talk about him. Where you're like, Ugh. So uh, that's what I've been playing this week. What are you getting for dinner or making? I'm not making anything. I'm getting in the car and driving to your favorite. The Impossible. The Impossible Whopper. Um, we also had like HelloFresh a few more days this week. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And it's fantastic, isn't it? It really is fantastic. And um, we're not like shilling for them because we actually had issues with them this week, right? Remember the um, issues? Missing a card. Missing, missing some something else. There was something else missing. Oh, the tortillas were all smashed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not perfect sometimes. You open the box and you're like, oh, crap, there's a thing missing. Cream cheese was missing one week. Correct. But they're good. They fix it. On a dish that heavily relied on having cream cheese in it. Um, I disagree with that completely. It was fine without it. So then we... Uh, one thing I can tell you, if you contact them via the chat on the website, you don't even need to speak to a person. 
they'll always credit you back. In fact, they, you know, I said the cream cheese is missing and they give you like $11 back. Yeah. Well, cream cheese isn't <laughs> worth $11. So No, but their promise is we're giving you your dinner. You just have to cook it. So. Right. Not go out and get cream cheese because it's missing. Correct. Right? So, Don't have cream cheese in case we forget it. <laughs> right. But um, we're not like a, a shill for them or anything. We no. just bought it of our own back and we've been eating it. And it's healthy. And it's I mean, re- it's got it's limited calories, so it's tasty. But it still has butter and cream and or butter and fat and stuff. It's not particularly healthy. It's just nice ingredients, good in, good uh, amounts. Yeah. So, um, what is your advice? And then we'll get out of here. My advice is that I'm not the most empathetic, slash sympathetic, or compassionate person in really? the world. It's not part of my DNA. I'm all or nothing. I'm either deep in on the emotion or I'm not. Um, so, but I understand that when you are troubled, confused, you've had a terrible shitty thing happen or you perceive it as a terrible shitty thing. And yeah, sometimes it's just in our head that poor us, we're having a trouble that no one else has ever experienced and poor me and blah, 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 which isn't true because whatever you're experiencing will have existed in the world. Someone else understands what you're going through. You still might feel alone. And part of that suffering and struggle, people often bring up things like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why are we here? What is the purpose of all this? What's the meaning of all this? And then you kind of fold that in to your expectations of how other people are now supposed to sympathize and empathize with you. I'm not a religious person. Let me put this out there. I don't believe in anything at all. Don't have any, nothing. Like, I don't. I'm not a spiritual, and I'm putting it in quotation marks, person at all. just don't have any of it. It isn't part of me, and here's why. All those questions that people often ask, and then they all kind of bond together in the, oh, I don't know, but there's a plan kind of thing. I don't have those questions. I don't wonder about why, right? I don't wonder about, I mean, if there's something that happens, and then you can figure out why or how it came to be, and you want to prevent it, like a person's behavior or a tragedy or whatever. Fair. That's totally logical. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. But if it's like, what's the meaning of it all? I don't have that question. So when you're having a problem where you are relentlessly pouring out of, of your emotions, this why, 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 and I have I can't figure out why and all that, everything that goes with it, I don't sympathize with that because I don't feel that but I can give you other things you know I can say other things or just be like I'm I really don't like that you're upset that's unfortunate what can we do to move forward (laughs) that's kind of like that's kind of my thing keep moving forward you know kind of situation but I find a lot of people complain when other people don't drop down on their knees and like crawl around and go I totally understand what you're going through I'm so sorry and I wonder why too and like I'm not that person so I I may not impersonation I may not comfort you because I don't I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna fake it um but I think that's where a lot of um, relationship breakdown happens with friends or the perception someone's not your friend or they don't care about you maybe they're like me And all they're thinking is, okay, you have this problem. How do we solve it? If we can't solve it, I'm here for you to, you know, let's move forward. Let's find a way. Depending on the problem, don't get me wrong, there are some things even I don't 
know if anyone could ever get over or move forward from, but in general, we're just talking about daily life and semi bad things, you know? So just keep that in mind next time you start to judge someone for not like when you say to someone, oh, pray for me, or why is this happening to me? And they don't seem like on board with that. Maybe they just don't know how to break it to you that they might have another way for you to like try to help yourself or cope, but they know you're not going to accept it. So they just sort of avoid it. That's what I do sometimes. Is that it? That's not advice of any kind. That is just uh, letting you know that not everyone is like you. <laughs> All right. So um, as you know, we have a website, ascully.com. Catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn, Spotify, RSS feed, and upcoming, there's going to be an Amazon podcast thing, which we're going to mm. go on to, apparently. So I'll let you know about that one. Can email feedback to me at aschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschool